Welcome to Full Life FM. I'm your host, Emily Tim. I'm a registered dietitian, content creator, and feminist on a mission to help women live their fullest lives. I've worked with thousands of women with PCOS and other endocrine conditions to optimize metabolic, reproductive, and mental health. I'm passionate about approachable, evidence-based nutrition, intentional living, and the Mediterranean diet and lifestyle. Each week, we'll bring you new episodes and guest interviews to inspire, empower, and educate on what it really means to be healthy. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review. And if you're ready to do health together, I'd love to have you in my membership community, the Full Life Society. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I am here today with Vanessa Woods. She is a licensed professional counselor in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. We connected on Instagram and Vanessa has a personal story as somebody living with PCOS. And she also works with uh, people in her practice who who have PCOS and are navigating some of the mental health aspects of that. So I'm excited to bring her on the show and learn more about her story and um, and have this conversation. So Vanessa, do you want to just start off and kind of tell us all like who you are, what you do in your practice and like how you came to be the human that you are today? Yeah, thank you for having me on. It really is um, uh, a pleasure. I'm really honored by it. I am Vanessa, as you explained. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I've been in the field for over a decade now. Um, It kind of happened by happenstance. I never knew that I was going to be a therapist. It wasn't always in the cards for me. I always thought that you know, I wanted to do something to give back to the community, but also something that was people oriented because that's where my skill set is. Um, and I, I thought that meant doctor, right? And so Great. I spent a lot of my time, you know, uh, studying to to go to med school until I just found that the desire uh, to to study medicine wasn't really there. So I had taken a psychology class and I really fell in love with it. And it just sort of clicked for me and it made sense. And so the rest is really history. And I've been in the field um, ever since uh, 2010. Wow, that's yeah. cool. That's very incredible. <laughs> I, I share a somewhat similar story. I, I also thought I wanted to go to med school and then completely fell in love with nutrition. Yeah. Um, And so there's just so many little microcosms in the medical profession of of ways that we can help people. And um, so the intersection with PCOS, when were you diagnosed with with PCOS? Was it before you became a counselor or was it somewhere afterwards? It was within my journey. So I started exhibiting symptoms from a really early age. I'm like 13. Um, I would have really, really painful menstrual cycles, so much so that I wasn't able to go to school. I would end up in the nurse's office. I would be sent home. I would get violently sick. It was really, really challenging for me. And I tried a variety of different medications. The pediatrician 
um, started me off with naproxen, which made things worse. And so eventually they just put me on a really high dose of ibuprofen, which is terrible for your system. And mm -hmm. I took that for years and years and years because it was the only thing that I found that worked. Wow. Um, and what kind of um, physician diagnosed you with your PCOS? Was it your OBGYN? Yes, it was my yeah. OBGYN. Okay. <laughs> and, and since then, what has your experience and your journey been like? Like, have you had luck controlling your symptoms and finding, so, finding relief and finding better alternatives? It's been an uphill battle. I'm really fortunate to have access to people and resources who have been really helpful. Um, I'm also one that is a big proponent of self-learning, self-guided learning. And, you know, a lot of the information that I've gotten from folks um, on social media, just my own readings, um, journals, articles has been really, really helpful for me. So mm -hmm. I've made changes and adjustments in terms of diet, which has been the biggest help for me. Um, nothing too crazy, right? But in terms of being more mindful of the things that I was putting in my body, so less sugar, low salt, um, mm -hmm. not a lot of processed foods, just starting out there was really helpful for me. Cool. Um, I've experimented with different things, seed cycling, you know, just to see what would stick because there's so much information out there, you right. know, as a yeah. person that has tried just about everything, it's mm -hmm. really hard to know what works and what doesn't. And every person is built so differently. Um, so it was really, really um, encouraging to have the information, but also overwhelming at the same time, because you don't know, like, what is going to really work for you as an individual? Yeah. And, and along your journey, I mean, did you connect with any dietitians or healthcare professionals that could guide you through this? So in all honesty, I never really worked with a, a dietitian with it. It really has just been me, myself, um, in terms of trial and error and the things that I've researched um, to see like what sort of things responded well to me um, and what sort of things just didn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think this is like a good kind of plug, not a plug, but just kind of a little memo <laughs> or a note, which is this is one way of doing it, but yeah. that sometimes there can be, if you can connect with the right person, I mean, gosh, you know, if you were diagnosed years ago, years ago, who knows what was available, but if you can connect with the right person, somebody who's credible and an expert, it can be a faster path, you know, to evidence-based solutions and, and not having to do so much, you know, self-experimentation. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, in terms of the work that you do as a dietitian, are yeah. there any sort of recommendations that you have in terms of how to find someone who has a preliminary focus a good, on PCOS? That's such a great question. <laughs> I, that, that question in and of itself, I think is so helpful to so many people. Um, one of the, the best ways, I think, now I will say across the country, unfortunately, we don't have a ton, we don't have as many as we should as far as PCOS focused <laughs> programs, clinics, things like that, that are that are really gonna be exactly what you're looking for. 
But no matter where you live, a great starting point is going to be an endocrinologist practice um, because at least then a lot of the time they can refer you to a dietitian who they might collaborate with or even have in the office. That's, that's where I got my start actually was being in clinics, being in endocrine departments hmm. where, where I worked with women with PCOS and a lot of other conditions too. But that's, that can be kind of the fast track to evidence-based information. Although again, not all providers are created equal and it is important to find somebody that you vibe with. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, social media now there's, there's a whole slew of people, which I think, you know, has its positives and, and negatives, mm -hmm. but I think there's this huge positive where you can really get to know somebody and really see their philosophy and decide if you connect with it or not and make your own informed choice, which I think is, is positive too. Um, and, and for you, Vanessa, with your work as a counselor, do you connect with people through social media or do you have more of an, is it an in-person practice? Yeah, so we connect with people in a variety of different ways because we really try to meet people where they are. Yeah. Um, sometimes we have people who have only heard about us on social media. We do have a physical uh, brick and mortar location in cool. South Jersey, um, but we do see people virtually as well. And and what um, what are some of your favorite is there a certain kind of like subject or challenge or type of person that you prefer to connect with in the practice or, or is it fairly open-ended? Um, it's all different. We all have our, it's a group practice. Um, and I've been really, really fortunate to work with many different individuals who have a wide variety of experiences. Um, so we do work with a wide variety, but it's different mm -hmm. from clinician to clinician. For me specifically, my niche is with people who are struggling with anxiety, folks who are struggling with depression, as well as couples. That's my main jam. That's what I really love to do. That's awesome. It's so needed right now. I mean, I mean it's always needed, but yeah. especially the past few years. Um, and before the interview, Vanessa and I were kind of chatting a little bit, and I know you mentioned that you have even talked to women in your practice who have PCOS and are maybe struggling with some of the, the mental components of that. Yeah. Have there been any um, clients you, you've had recently or any stories that stand out to you, you know, as far as like counseling and, and what comes up with PCOS? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's really the lack of education. There's so many women who... Um, are living with PCOS is actually very prevalent in the African-American community. And a lot of people just aren't aware. Um, so I had a client that had come in and originally she had thought that her main issue was anxiety. And as we started to talk through her symptoms and how they manifest and how she experiences them, the more and more I started to make the connections just with my own experience. And I'm like, is anxiety the thing or is it like a symptom of something else? And typically that's what usually happens is a symptom of something else. And so right. when we started exploring and getting down to the root, 
that's when I started to ask her, you know, when was the last time you went to the doctor? And when was the last time you saw your OB? And do you tell them these experiences that you have? Do you keep track of your cycle? Is your cycle regular? Like all of these questions I start to ask. And the more we explore together, she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think, you know, yeah. that this could even be, you know, something that was impacting me because my whole life, this is just how it's been. This is what I've always known. We've kind of normalized it. Mm -hmm. And the way that I kicked it to her was, you know, pain isn't normal. It's never normal, right? It's the body's reaction and response to tell us something isn't okay, whether that's mentally or physically. So if you're experiencing major discomfort for days at a time, that's a signal that you need to pay attention to something because something is off balance. And so she was able to connect with her OB who also did refer her to an endocrinologist and she was able to get testing for her hormone levels. She was able to get testing um, just for her sugar levels. And, mm -hmm. and even today, her anxiety has decreased without having to take um, anxiety mm -hmm. medication. And she's doing a lot better in therapy. Wow. And I think that that, that was really empowering for her because through the experience, she learned how to ask questions and to trust herself more instead of pacifying the things that she was going through. Wow. My head is like spinning right now. I mean, because this is really incredible. I've thought about you know, all of the different places that, uh, that somebody could be diagnosed with PCOS, you know, the mm -hmm. primary care office, the OBGYN, the endocrinologist, I have never thought about a therapy, like a, I've never thought about somebody be, being diagnosed actually through a mental health clinic. Yeah. That's, and that's really special, you know, because you have that personal experience and then you bring that in and, you know, this could have been somebody where it just fell through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah, And I, th I think this is just such a, a great example because the, the mental health impacts of PCOS are severe. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's a real thing. Like it's not just something we say, right? Like it, it actually, you know, women with PCOS are 2.7 times, I believe it is more likely to experience anxiety. Mm -hmm. So it, it, these are significant, significant things. And that's absolutely incredible. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I'll share with you another story. I had somebody who was coming to me because she was battling depression. She was really sad because she had just gotten married and they were trying to conceive for quite some time. And, you know, she was getting older, so she was getting worried because she had met with her doctor. They had diagnosed her with endometriosis, and she, she thought she could never have kids because that's what she was told. And so, you know, we processed together her options, but also her emotions in our therapy session together. And that's when, you know, I started providing her with different opportunities to just get second opinions. You know, traditional medicine has its place and is great, 
but coupled with other form of therapy, there can be major breakthrough. So can you talk, you know, she ended up getting connected with a functional medicine doctor, doing some acupuncture, and she was able to conceive a year and a half later. Yes. And I mean, I think too, like, you know, in the context of my podcast, I do caution against just going, you know, towards functional medicine or acupuncture, because those things are actually not evidence-based for PCOS. Mm. But I think this story that you're telling is a story of, oh my God, she was given this information that was just completely Mm. not true Mm -hmm. by a physician Mm. that clearly wasn't educated. And like, thank God she found you, right? Because you were able to tell her, you know, that's, that's not always the case. Maybe you should, maybe you can, you know, have the power to seek out another explanation and whatever part of that journey made the impact for her. It could have even been you being an empathetic provider who listened Mm -hmm. and heard her story. And, and then because of that, she had, you know, renewed optimism that this is such a mind-blowing conversation to me already because I like I said I had never thought about the fact that holy crap there could be women showing up at at therapy sessions Mm. for you know what what insane examples one person who didn't even know they had PCOS and had PCOS associated anxiety Mm -hmm. another woman who had been you know told unnecessarily that Mm. she wouldn't have been able to conceive and, and wow, <laughs> it's just another layer of how big of an issue this is like in the healthcare system. It's just such a big animal. It's a public health issue. Yeah. And, you know, I think every single provider who, who knows about this condition, like we're all, we're all doing our little micro parts mm-hmm. and we're right. We're raising the bar, but whole, wow. I know. I know. It's, it's, a lot. it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, that's so much to take in. I had I had never thought about this perspective before. And if you're comfortable answering this, yeah. for you, did you have any mental health impacts that you experienced from your own PCOS? Yeah, absolutely. I had a huge spike in anxiety and it literally felt like it came out of nowhere. Wow. And it's interesting because, you know, I would process and I would think and I would, you know, um, try to figure out like, what's going on in my life? Are there things that I'm shoving down and I'm not, you know, taking care of it? Are there underlying issues that I just, I'm not addressing. I really felt out of my own mind for a while, trying to figure out what was going on in my life that I wasn't addressing until I started to gain the insight and knowledge that no, there's something going on in your body that's triggering this response because everything was going well. Like I have a really solid support system. I was really happy, you know, with my career trajectory, but there was something, you know, imbalanced in my body. And I had no idea at the time that that's what it was because I would get these panic attacks Mm -hmm. almost out of nowhere. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I feel fine. Right. Right. And it was that something else was, was going on. And I think it's so incredibly important because if you have a mental health professional that's not well-versed in PCOS, 
it may seem as though generalized anxiety is the thing, or maybe you're just um, having issues socially and people will try to find all of these challenges that really don't exist. And it's because there's something else medically going on and it may not just be mental. And I think that that's why that cross training is so incredibly important. And one of the reasons why, you know, when I take clients on, I always like to go through their medical history with them to see how frequently they've been um, going to and keeping up with their medical providers, but also, you know, any conditions that they might have, because sometimes that is what's playing a role in how they're experiencing life. Yeah, beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I think too, this is where, you know, I'm thinking about even like subsets of, of PCOS populations, like people who have PCOS and present as, as lean, they tend to feel like they don't really have a spot. Like they're not, necessarily focused on on the weight loss and they're not being spoken to about that and so they kind of are just floating but a lot mm. of the time they can still have these manifestations of of these severe mental health symptoms that can then resolve or or significantly improve as the PCOS is managed and put into remission even mm. um it's yeah, um, this is just very in, a very incredible kind of insight to think about this arm uh, of PCOS management and just another kind of dream in the future if we're thinking about PCOS clinics and thinking about all of the different pieces of care that should be there and just how pervasive this is. Um, and when you're working with somebody who's you know, maybe newly diagnosed or kind of coming to terms with the diagnosis or who's experiencing this anxiety that's driven by the PCOS, are there any um, strategies or tips that, that you can, that you could share? So if somebody's, you know, listening and they connect with this, they could, you know, take action in some small way. Yeah, I think that that's a great, you know, question. I, <clears throat> I always encourage, you know, folks to do things that are authentic to them, meaning, yes, I'm a huge believer in meditation and breath work, but I also acknowledge that not everybody is open to that right away, right? And so I like for people to utilize what they already love. Mm -hmm. So if it's listening to music and that feels calming and soothing to your soul, let's do that. If you're very active and you work a sedentary job, you know, getting out, going for a walk, um, exercising. If you have um, a support group or a support system just in general that makes you feel seen and valued, connecting with them. When was the last time you called them up and said, hey, this is what's going on for me, right? Starting where you're at because there's nothing better than doing the things that you love to help fill your cup, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a one size fit all. As long as what you're doing is healthy and helpful, then go for it, you know, adding more. I always tell folks the equation is 
your level of stress should be equal to, or your, I mean, the level of self-care, right, should be equal to or more than your level of stress. So if you are stressed out, you know, three, you know, three days out of the week, let's start implementing some ways to combat that at least three days out of the week as well. And it doesn't have to be something super grand, like going to the spa or taking a vacation. It could right. just be actually taking your lunch break and not working through it. I love all, that was, I love all of that. That is so helpful because, you know, I, I talk about so many similar themes um, I, I speak a lot about the Mediterranean diet and lifestyle. And a, a portion of that is the, is, um, the behaviors of these regions in the world called the blue zones. Are mm. you familiar with this? I'm not, no. So these blue zones are regions of the world where people live the longest lives. And there are a lot of common themes that come up in these regions. Literally so many things that you just mentioned, strong support network community active lifestyle, self-care, stress management, all of that is like very baked in and infused to the way that they build their lives and just the way that their communities are designed and all of these things. And for us, it's like, we have to be really, really intentional about all of this because it's not naturally built in. It's, it's like, I, I always say we have to kind of rebel to mm -hmm. create this type of life where we feel calm and, and we prioritize ourselves. Um, I love the rule that you just mentioned, or not the rule, but the, the idea of if you're stressed three days a week, prioritize yourself three days a week. I think that's such a great way of conceptualizing it. Mm -hmm. I love absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we've kind of been given the message that self-care is selfish. And so yep. we tend to not prioritize ourselves. And we see that it's not, it's not helping. It's, it's making things more challenging and more difficult for us. So I love to help empower people and encourage people that prioritizing themselves is a necessity. It's not a luxury. Self-care is not a luxury. It is yes. a mandate if you want to continue to live happy long years. Yes. Happy long years. I love that. Because it's true. If we're not finding those pockets of the day or, you know, even just the majority of the day, feel, feeling good and inspired and connected to ourselves. What, what are we doing? Exactly. Um, yeah. That that's a great reminder, I think for everybody. And I think also just the way that you talk about it feels so approachable and so, mm -hmm. so liberating, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, oh we don't you. have to just meditate which for some people sounds amazing and for other people sounds like the worst thing in the world <laughs> like or we don't just have to do the yoga or we don't just have to do a bubble bath it can literally be anything that fills your cup as you say brings you joy you know gives you a little spark in your day it's it's so so important and for women you know just in this conversation I'm kind of thinking of different reasons that women with PCOS would potentially, you know, seek therapy. And is there anything that you could say or, or talk, talk to speak to as far as women with PCOS who may be facing fertility challenges? Um, that's a big segment of, <laughs> of my clients and, and my community. 
And and is there anything, any any light you can shed on that? I don't even know the right question because I'm not an expert in that piece of it, but. It's, it's so challenging to want something so badly for yourself and then to be told that there are going to be all of these challenges or roadblocks in your way. And truly my heart goes out to families, you know, mamas, mamas, you know, who, or people who desire to want to be mamas or people who are already mamas and want to grow their families who are having difficulties and challenges in doing so. <laughs> I would say, grow your village. That's my biggest piece. Grow your village. You need strong support to be able to make it through those barriers. It's one of those things where it's not impossible to do alone, but it's 10 times more uplifting uplifting and encouraging when you have other people to walk alongside you. So that means doing your research about your care providers, making sure that you feel heard and valued, you know, and not rushed out the door when you're explaining to them your experiences or your needs, right? Writing down in advance questions that you have or concerns that you have when you're going into the doctor's offices, you know, considering joining a support group that focuses on what you're going through. But the biggest, biggest, biggest thing is absolutely community, growing that village. That's such a beautiful, that's a, that's a beautiful answer. Um, and I, I think it is very, very true. I, I'm reading this book right now, and it's about storytelling in healthcare. Mm. And I was, you know, it's, I'm sure, you know, for you as a therapist and for me in the work that I do, it's like, I, I know that intuitively that when we share, we feel better. But then seeing it, you know, in data, in, in the book, that storytelling and just being able to express yourself and, <laughs> and even you know, kind of refine the way that you see yourself in your own story and give yourself more agency and, and, and feel more in control that has just transformative impacts on the way that you're, that the way that you feel as you're going through something that's incredibly painful or difficult. And I think just the reminder of community and connection is mm. that's such a big theme for me and, and for my clients going into 2023. I think we're in this weird you know, pandemic, post-pandemic, I don't even know, year three, I feel like that's one of the biggest things that people are struggling with right now mm -hmm. is just getting back to that feeling of normalcy Yeah, yeah. And, and remembering connection and what that looks like. Um, that's such a, that's such a great lesson. Do you, do you, do you know of any support groups for infertility? That's one thing that I struggle with sometimes is connecting people um, with those resources. Yeah. So it just, so I don't know of any national support groups, oh, okay. um, depending on, you know, where certain people are located, but a really, really good resource for finding those types of support in your area locally would be NAMI. So the National Alliance for Mental Illness, they're a great resource. So if you call over to them, your local, um, 
your local NAMI chapter, they will redirect you to uh, support groups in your area. And it doesn't just have to be for infertility or PCOS, it could be for anxiety, depression, anything that you're battling, they will walk alongside you in order to connect you with the appropriate resource. That's so helpful. So good. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. And is there is there anything else, you know, as we're thinking about our PCOS communities and mental health, is, is there anything that we haven't spoken about or anything really important that, that you'd like to share about that connection? I would say one of the biggest things that people tend to overlook is um, the, the power of writing things down. And I know that that sounds super simple, but the reason why I say this is because oftentimes people think that this over here is not connected to that, right? X is not connected to Y. My head hurts, you know, and now my back hurts, but those are two totally unrelated things. But I think it's really important to gather all of the information because the more information you can provide to your therapist or your endocrinologist or your OBGYN, I think the more um, equipped they are to be able to better serve you and help you and walk alongside you. And so I tell people all the time, journaling. Journaling yeah. is not just something that you do in order to feel better. It's something that helps you gauge your, your progress. It's something that helps you gauge patterns. It's something that brings awareness because I know for myself, I don't remember everything that happened one day ago, let alone two weeks ago. So right. if I'm going into a doctor's office for a follow-up and they're asking me how everything is going, I'm typically going to respond based on the mood that I'm in currently or based on the mood that I've been in the past couple of days. And so if I've been great yesterday and today, my response <laughs> is going to be that I feel great, even though I was super sick like three weeks ago, right? right. And so I think one of the, the biggest things that I really would like to encourage people to do is write it down, write it down. That's, that's amazing advice. And especially because these appointments are so freaking short. Um, <laughs> and then it's almost like it, it kind of like catches you off guard. You're like, Oh, I have 20 minutes to say everything I need to about my health. And you're absolutely right. For most people, we don't, we, we don't even like, I was at the doctor a couple weeks ago and they asked me, what was the date of your last period? And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Um, luckily I had my tracking app, but mm -hmm. this is, you know, I think just that reminder of write down your, your symptoms, write down the good, write down the bad. I think, you know, for me, what always got in the way of journaling was this idea that there was a, a right way of doing yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And, and there's just not, I mean, it can be so, so easy. It can be a couple minutes a day of just T keeping tabs on things or, or processing or get, getting it out on paper. That's a great reminder. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Um, this was an unexpected conversation <laughs> <laughs> and in the best way though. I mean, this is just such a great reminder of mental health is a part of PCOS. If you're yeah. experiencing anxiety depression, et cetera, these are things to bring forward at your doctor's appointments, to seek treatment for, therapy for, 
But sometimes, like you said, it's not just I'm experiencing anxiety. It's, oh, I have PCOS that needs to be addressed. And then my anxiety might be significantly better or potentially non-existent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being on. Um, And where can everybody connect with you on social? Yes. So on all social media platforms, we're on Facebook, Instagram, at South Jersey Coping Clinic, um, and then our website, SouthJerseyCopingClinic.com. Amazing. All right. Thank you, Emily. Take care. You too. Bye.